Good afternoon. Let's take a deep breath. What, what do you feel? The Hornets season is over. There, there's no games to look forward to. It's over, y'all. It's over. Like, now we just kind of have to assess uh, the comments that were made in, in the exit meetings. Uh, as they show, uh, y'all need to listen to us more. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we need to grade these players. We just need to kind of debrief and just talk about the terrible last six games. But before we get started, Kaiser Sose, how was your week, Black Man? Uh, not bad. I mean, besides, you know, the Hornets not playing, uh, the, the Hurricanes are playing well. So I'll just switch sports up and uh, pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Jamal, how was your week, Black Man? Um, I am really fat and um, I am really out of shape. And um, yeah, man, this week, man, I, I, I realized how out of shape I was. Um, my dog got away and I had to chase him in the backyard, man. And it, wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't pretty at all. Bro. It was like it was like an episode of Cops. Remember yeah. Cops, the, the, the cop be trying to chase the crackhead? You can't breathe <laughs> out. Yeah, Give me that damn donut. Hey man, y'all, y'all, y'all know how that dude was breathing all heavy during the Hornets and Pacers telecast. That was me. That that was me. Look, look, he he, he sounded like Biggie and like and remember his last in one of his last interviews. He was just death around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Shout, shout at the TNT for that. What the hell, man? What was that about, bro? The audio mix. It sounded like the crowd was in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? I know it's the Hornets Pacers. Um, and of all the four playing games, Hornets Pacers had the lowest rating out of all. Oh, I think Look, coming over to 630 might have something to do with that. Thank you. It's 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, which means my West Coast brothers ain't watching no damn game at 3.30 p.m. their time. They're in traffic trying to get home. Yeah. Right. Let's 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 be realistic. Yeah, I think the NBA, uh, along with TNT, kind of dropped the ball on the playing game. It's it's weird. I don't feel like the NBA uh, did enough to market the playing game, except for LeBron James versus Steph Curry. But yeah, I can, let, me, let me stop you right there. That's all they cared about, bro. Yeah, it, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like they're they're touting the playoff game, and Adam Silver comes out later and says, "Oh, we think it was successful." And but it's like y'all didn't y'all didn't do anything. Nobody nobody outside of Charlotte or Indiana cared about that game. Uh, I just felt like the NBA kind of dropped the ball. And the TNT obviously didn't give a shit because the audio mix was all messed up. They had two random people commentating. It was I was yeah it was. I mean, well, well, I mean, let's let's be fair, man. The presentation kind of matched the game, so I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. About it, yeah. Yes. yeah, the Hornets didn't give a shit about that game. Yeah, I mean, if the Hornets don't give a shit, why should TNT? Give yeah. a shit? <laughs> <laughs> great point. Great point. Great point. Hey, so two more words. hey, two more words before we get started, man. Go, go, Canes. That's how my week. Go, Canes. Yeah, go, Canes. Yes, sir. They they, they should have swept the Preds. They won't get a sweep, but. I don't know. They look. They look like they're ready for the Stanley Cup Finals to me. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. One more thing, Raleigh can brag on, um, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> guys, man. So 
this week we had a whole a, a gang of exit interviews. Uh, one that kind of stood out directly was that of Mr. Mitch Kupchak. And so uh, he recently kind of gave a vote of confidence to uh, James Borrego. He, he, he basically said what most intelligent fans have been saying all year. <laughs> We've exceeded expectation, even my well, expectation. Well, Ron, that's, a, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I look, look, I look I'm, I'm not here to make friends. I'm grown. Uh, <laughs> he said that basically they exceeded his expectations this year and that JB is, is, is good in his book, essentially. Um, and he also acknowledged that we were still in a developmental phase. So this notion that we, we were going out to win, just specifically to try to make the playoffs and win, is, is hogwash. And uh, finally, um, one thing interesting to me, he said that they will be open to spend this summer, but not too much, uh, specifically for a big man. Uh, uh, Tice was, ru- was rumored to be a big one of the bigs that they're interested in. I'm not particularly uh, – I don't particularly like that one. He's a 6'8 center who's Cody Zeller-like. And uh, uh, Rashawn Holmes is all I got to say. Kaiser, what would you think about Mitch Davis? I mean, Mitch clearly has a plan. He's had a plan since he came here. The plan is going according to plan despite what fans think. The timeline was accelerated a little bit because Gordon Hayward – uh, became available on the free agent market a year earlier than expected. Cosm, 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 Cosm. Save that thought. We're going to talk about the Gordon Hayward acquisition. Okay. Yeah, but 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 besides that, I think everything is going according to plan. They knew this wasn't going to be an overnight thing, that James Borrego wasn't going to come in and make the Hornets a contending team in two, three seasons because they knew they had to develop players. And it's fans are very weird to me because what's been the biggest knock on the Charlotte Hornets since Michael Jordan took over the team a decade ago? The Hornets, development. We don't develop players. We need to develop our draft picks. Da, da, da. So the Hornets say, okay, you know what? You guys are right. Let's build a staff specifically to develop our players. They got James Borrego and Jay Triano, two guys that are known in the league for developing uh, players. And go look at Triano's uh, creds. That dude has developed literally all NBA players uh, in his time at other teams. So they bring those two guys in, and we see the fruits of the labor. We see Miles Bridges. I mean, come on, look at Miles Bridges. Devontae Graham, most improved player uh, candidate after spending a year in the G League. Uh, P.J. Washington, Mella Ball, they clearly have a good youth movement core, and they're doing a good job of developing. And I, I, I think Mitch is bang on uh, with all of his all of his points. Uh, just because the Hornets flew too close to the sun and got their wings melted due to injuries is not a good reason to to cast negativity over the season. <clears throat> Look, man, um, the, the key word is consistency. Mitch Kupchak has been very consistent as far as what he said throughout his entire tenure uh, of, of him being the general manager for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, his behaviors, and when I say behaviors, I mean the way that he operates business has been consistent since he's been here. Um, you know, he 
this, this franchise has gotten in trouble for making panic trades and kind of uh, killing their long-term success. You know, there were and, and look, we can take the good with the bad, but there there hasn't been any quote unquote Al Jefferson trades yet. You know what I mean? Or or, or free agent signings. Uh there, there haven't been any panic trades. Um we'll we'll get to the Gordon Hayward situation in, in a little bit. But everything that Mitch Kupchak has done in his relatively brief time with the Hornets, it has bought more what's the word I'm looking for? Uh relevancy to the Hornets. Um, it, 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 it has bought more cachet to the Hornets. I think I think more and more people on the outside looking in are looking at the Hornets as a as a franchise that's not so much of this joke that we were during the Bobcats uh, Hornets years. Um, Borrego has been consistent as far as what he's always said about James Borrego, uh, regardless of what LaMelo Ball fans think about James Borrego. Borrego has been consistent in doing that. Um, I think what what has bought us, if we're talking about players, we're looking at Lamelo Ball, Miles Bridges, um, even Gordon Hayward. As much as he's struggled with energy with with injuries, I mean that they have bought a legitimacy to this franchise. So going forward, if I'm a free agent and I'm kind of deciding, hmm, what's a good destination? Where 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 would I make a name for myself? Charlotte doesn't look that bad, and that's ultimately what we want. Now we didn't get the desired result. Uh, from this season we went out in a horrible way but that that's but you got to look at the long term and in the short term we're fine we're still ahead of schedule as bad as it ended this season we so are jamal, still go ahead man jamal so uh to your free agency point uh gordon hayward said that he wants to be a recruiter he, he wants to get his lebron on right and um people kind of summarily dismiss that statement uh, if, if you historically look at the younger teams, for instance, like a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going, to, I'm going down 85 South. You go to Atlanta. Mm. They were able to attract some pretty good damn free agents this off season. Do you think that we have that 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 potential to do that? And, and do, do you think Lamella Ball is an attractive place to play with in the future? Absolutely, hell yeah. Uh, that's an absolute hell yeah, man. And look, man, fans are going to be sour until un, until we turn into a perennial playoff contender. That's just the reality. Fans are not going to believe in anything until it actually happens. That that's just there's nothing we can do about that. Mitch Kupchak knows that. But here's the thing I want to I want to present to you guys. As much as the fans complain, it's a good thing. Let me tell you why. Because there was a moment in time in this franchise where nobody gave a shit what the Hornets did, (laughs) good or bad. You get what I'm saying? So at least the passion is there. Now, here's why I'm mentioning this, and here's why this is important. This also was a sign that everything is bringing more legitimacy to this franchise because now – we have fans who are actually engaged and paying attention for for better or for worse. You get what I'm saying? And I think all of that matters when it comes to attractive free agents. I think free agents see that. I think Mitch Kupchak, to a certain degree, pays attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that matters, man. And I and I think we're, in a, we're going in the right direction. Kaiser? Yeah. I mean, first of all, who doesn't want to play with the mellow ball? Like, uh, at least once a game. Do, do you know who his dad is? Yeah. Do you know who his dad is? Why do you want to play with that? At least once the game, I say, man, that might be the best pass I've ever seen. I mean, guys want to play. They, they'll want to play with LaMelo Ball. Second, Gordon Hayward is is a very well-respected player in the league. 
other players like Gordon Hayward. You think that he can't call up somebody and be like, hey, man, Charlotte's a great city. A lot of people underestimate what we're trying to do here. I, I really think that he's right. He could possibly recruit um, a name to come to Charlotte. Now, having said that, though, it's still Charlotte. Um, we're still a, a you know mid to small market team. Uh, it's it's going to take a lot of convincing just to get a name, and we're still going to have to overpay whoever that is because we'll never be as attractive as New York, Chicago, LA, or, or even Atlanta. Even though you know, I mean, Charlotte and Atlanta are very similar cities, but it, I mean, it, Atlanta is Atlanta. So um, that's still a a uh, an obstacle. I think the Hornets are going to have to overcome. It'll be easier than it was previously um, because I think if you look at the Hornets' core, I mean, you look at you got Lamelo, Miles. First of all, those two guys. I cannot wait till next season when they're both healthy and on top of their games. Man, that's going to be a good thing to see. And then you've got a veteran like Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, holding it down for the the youth movement. And then you got a dog like Terry Rozier in there. I think I do think a lot of free agents might say, hmm, I'm, I might be the piece that the Hornets need to get over that hump. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, man, we have two critical free agents coming up this offseason. Uh, we have uh, Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. Uh, According to Malik Monk's interview, a lot of people don't think he's coming back. Uh, if you were Mitch, who would you prioritize signing? One of them, both of them, neither of them, and uh, just 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 kind of what are your backup plans? Okay, let me. I'll tell you this one first because I've been I've been mulling this over all week. <laughs> let me say first of all. I think objectively, both Malik Monk and Devontae Graham are good players and it's really hard to say one is better than the other however hornets fans seem to have a very short memory because the hornets have needed a backup point guard a a competent and capable backup point guard forever ever since we drafted kimball walker we never really found that guy that could still run the offense when our best point guard was sitting on the bench. Now we have that guy. Backup point guards in the NBA are far more valuable than what Malik Monk brings, which is inconsistent scoring. Okay. However, having said that, um, Malik Monk is uh, he he is a RFA with a qualifying. But the Hornets have a, a qualifying offer so they can get right to first refusal. The qualifying offers only about seven point five million dollars, I think. And Monk will probably turn it down in in order to be a restricted free agent. The problem is that other teams know what that qualifying offer is, and they're going to say, hmm, "Yeah, that's about the market for for Malik Monk. He's not going to enter. Teams aren't going to want to pay him more than eight, maybe nine million dollars if a team is reaching." I wouldn't. Yeah, if you're the Hornets and you made him a seven point five million dollar qualifying offer, you'd make him an eight million dollar offer to match whatever team brings him in. So if I'm Mitch, here's what I do. I re-sign Devontae Graham. I let Malik Monk refuse to qualify offer and see what's on the market, and then I match as long as it's under $9 million. And then I package Monk with that lottery pick, and I dangle it in front of teams, and I see who wants to buy it. Somebody 
will bite on Malik Monk plus a lottery pick for a big name. That's, I mean, because, I mean, the thing is, yeah, we know the Hornets need a big man, big man. There are no good big men in projected to come out of the first round of this draft, and maybe not the second round. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Not Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. Evan yeah, Mobley. but he's not going to be available for the Hornets who projected to pick. Now, if we get lucky again and it's a top three pick, okay, yeah. You but, stay. Right? Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's different. But I don't even think – I mean, we're really playing the odds at that point. So – you know, let, let's say Evan Mobley is off the board, which he probably will be no matter what the Hornets pick, unless they pick in the top two or three. Um, I think a lot of teams, you you give Malik Monk, especially with an $8 million contract, and then you throw a top 10 pick on top of that, I think a lot of teams would, would jump all over that. I mean, you, you, could, you could get a quality big man. Do you think Vucevic is like, really that planted in Chicago? You think Sabonis is really that planted in Indiana to where you couldn't give those teams Malik Monk in a top pick? It is funny. I I, I hate to cut you off, but it oh, is funny. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Indiana because uh, another rumored guy that's going to be centered around the Hornets is going to be Miles Turner. Nothing. It's going to happen this summer, trust me. So I – where I was going with my take, I, I wasn't going to actually mention the trade, but now that we're here, now that you've mentioned that, you've made this interesting because what what if I'm Indiana? What if, what if I'm Indiana and Charlotte calls up and say, "Hey man, we got this, we got this pick along with Malik Monk. What you want to do?" Miles Turner has has hasn't been in good favor with Indiana for whatever reason. He had a pretty down year offensively. When I don't think Indiana's very high on Miles Turner. We could use somebody like him. So what do you do if you're Indiana? Now, to more directly answer Rodney's question, if I miss Cupcheck, what's my priority? Now, to, to Kaza's point, I'm not going to sit here and say who's better because I, I think it's just a nitpick at that point to try to sit here and, and compare those two guys. I will say definitively, Devontae Graham is more valuable. That doesn't mean I think he's a better basketball player, but he is definitely more valuable to the Hornets than Malik Monk is to the Hornets. So if I'm if I'm prioritizing I'm prioritizing Devontae Graham all day for all the reasons Rodney said, man. Um, people can say whatever they want to about Devontae Graham, but when that second unit doesn't have Devontae Graham, they tend to fall apart offensively. Nobody runs the offense with that second unit quite like Devontae Graham does. And if you lose him, to me, you have a big hole to fill. I don't expect Brad Wanamaker to be back. I, I think he hits free agency. Um, you know, I don't expect him to be on his team either way. So, again – Without Devontae Graham, where are you going with this? Okay, are you are you are you handing Grant really the keys to the backup point guard role? Um, are you are you, <laughs> are you are you looking at free agency? Are you looking at the draft? What is your plan if you don't sign Devontae Graham? You're fine without Malik Monk. There's so there's a lot of wings on this on this team that can immediately fill that role. Maybe not scoring so much, but you have a guy like Cody or Caleb Martin who can immediately be the backup. Uh, two or three, so you're fine with that. So if plus, I miss Kupchak, I have to prioritize Devontae Graham. Yeah. Plus, Devontae, according to his interview and things that he said during the season, he's kind of acquiesced to that backup role. It's right. hard to find a player in the NBA who's going to who, accept it. Who will accept that? Hey, I'm gonna I'm the backup because the guy ahead of me is is clearly better. I, Devontae Graham knows. Everybody knows Lamelo Ball is the future of the team. 
and he's a future point guard. Plus, Devontae, uh, in very limited spurts, can play the two. So he knows that he's going to get his chances in that rotating, you know, in those guard rotations. Um, I just think, like like Paul said, that's too valuable to not make a deal. I I, I expect – plus, the, you know, the elephant in the room, Devontae, is a, he's a Mitch guy. Malik Monk is not. That's the yeah. old regime. And right. Cody Zeller presumably will be gone this season. Biz is certainly gone. If Malik gone, is gone, the old – Regime is is over. It's entirely gone. Yeah, right. there's nobody left from that old team, and we finally, finally, after three seasons, right. have a completely 100% turned over uh, team. So I expect Mitch to to make Devontae a deal, but I, I really think Monk as a trade piece is also very val more valuable to the Hornets than he is a player. Actually, especially we all know the Hornets need a big man. Yeah, and 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 let me let me I, I want to kind of interject and ask y'all a question, man. And I, I kind of know what Rodney's going to say to this, man. But do you think the brass has has finally got to a point where this is like, okay, Malik, you've shown us enough. It's time to move on. Do you do you think the brass has finally reached that point? Um, I, I don't honestly, man. I don't know. Mm. It, it it it. I mean, because Mitch has said numerous times that Malik is, if not the most talented player on the roster. Right, which he, could be true. Right, he, he's given a boat of confidence in him. Um, we stuck by him when it was just easy to toss him aside. I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Um, kudos to him for for pulling through and and and, and being a better pro. But it, it's it's all dependent upon what he wants. Um, Speaking of what he wants, his main the main quote that stuck out. He 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 said, "I want to feel wanted." So translation, pay me. That's what I. That's what I get. You know what? You, you know. You know. That's 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 crazy. Like to me, feeling wanted is people that stick by you when you're in the roughest of patches. Right. Uh, you you could have been easily tossed aside, but they stuck by you. They've spoken. They they never spoken negative negatively of you in the press or in the public when when when, when you've had your issues. It's yeah. always we, we, we believe in Malik. Malik will pull through. Malik will do this. But I mean, it, I, I'm gonna say this: it, it, it just takes one team. We've seen this in the NBA. It just takes one team to overpay, and the NBA is about potential. And Malik Monk has the potential to be like a Lou Williams light type of guy off the bench. You get about a quick 16, 17, 18 a game. Right. When, when he fully matures into his body, he can do that. I, I, I believe he can do that, but. The question is: Is Mitch willing to wait, and is Mitch willing to pay him? Yeah, for potential. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, fortunately, Monk is a restricted free agent. Like I said, it only takes one team to overpay. If a team overpays, the Hornets won't match. But I think a team, if a team makes Monk an offer that falls within the range of the qualifying offer that the Hornets made. They'll. They'll match it. It's it's so hard to, when you have a player that is obviously talented and obviously has a ton of potential. It's so hard to move on from that player. But at some point, you got to should get off the pot. And I understand that it's been a rough patch for Malik the end of last season through this season. He has the drug program thing. The Hornets stuck, stuck with him through that, and that's a big thing that gets overlooked. The Hornets actually had the right to waive him 
without any dead cap space left over because he failed phase one of that program. The Hornets could have completely cut ties with Malik Monk, according to the CBA, and they wouldn't have had to pay him a dime. But they chose to allow him to finish the program and keep him on the team. So then he gets COVID. So then that that decelerates his timeline some. And then everyone's complaining that he's not getting enough minutes. But Borrego's like, look, man, the guy's not completely back from COVID. And finally, he works his way back into the rotation. He's playing great. And then what happens? Ankle. Ankle injury. Ankle injury. And then even when he came back, he wasn't quite the same. Uh, you could tell that, you know, he was winded and he didn't have – you know, the same amount of bounce that he had before that injury. So I get it. It's 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 been tough, and that's why it's very difficult to evaluate um, Malik Monk. I don't think the Hornets want to let him go. Um, and I think – I actually think they'll keep him if a team doesn't make him some, you know, ridiculous Crazy offer. offer. Yeah. Um, so, so, guys, so guys, I, I, I've been thinking about this, man. People might hate me for saying this. Sometimes it's best for somebody to, to move on. For instance, I'm going to give you a guy – who, who's not – well, Malik is not on his level of troubles. Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Look at him in Cleveland. He had the incident with the coach. Right. some stuff with the coach. Uh, had the issue with the gun. Uh, they basically gave him away for nothing because he just need, – he needed a change of scenery, and they needed to start fresh. Houston took a chance on him. He lit it up at the end of the season, had a 50-point game. 50-point game. The dude looks like James Harden Jr. out there. But, I mean, in order for him to flourish, he had to go somewhere else. And, um, I, look, man, I, you, you guys know I've been critical of Malik, but at the end of the day, he's a young black man, and I want him to succeed. So if, if, if the Hornets aren't the place for him to, to, to succeed, I'm more than comfortable with him going to, to, to find his place in life. Find your place. Sometimes, well, it, sometimes it just does not work out. Like, look, look, Rodney. It's nobody's not, fault. No, 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 no. That is a, that is very noble. I, I understand as a human being, you want that man to flourish. But if I'm Miss Cupcake and Michael Jordan, I'm like, God damn it, we go about to get this dude away for nothing. Again, it's another lottery pick that we're going to let walk for nothing. I don't know if I feel so comfortable with that, man. I mean, if I, mean, the, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, look, if you look at it like this, so a team offers him, say, I'm, I'm going to throw a team out there, say the Raptors. Toronto comes in, okay, we're, we're committed to a rebuild. Messiah Jerry's like, okay, I believe in Malik Monk. I'm going to offer him four years, $60 million, 15 per year. Yeah, bye. Uh, it's been real. So technically you lost them for nothing. Yeah, this, I'd have to at that point. I mean, there's no choice. Um, it's, 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 it's a catch. No. It's, it's, it's whatever. Hey man, uh, Swagner in the chat is asking a, a really good question. I think we should we should probably get to man. So Deadspin, um, uh, 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 some uh, uh, some guys that are not really known for writing sports articles, basically yeah. said that the Charlotte Hornets are going are approaching the wheel of mediocrity again. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on, on that, and what do you think about the Hornets being uh, going in circles, so to speak, again? So let, let's start. Uh, this is year two of a rebuild. James Burgess has been three, been here for three years. I, I don't and, know how many times we have to say that. <laughs> uh, the stated goal that, that, that the Hornets had when Kimball was here, the directive was to make the playoffs. 
they failed and they pivoted and said, hey, we're not going to resign our top two scorers, which is Jeremy Lamb and Kimball Walker. So, hey, we're going to rebuild. At that point, they drafted. So the, that first year they drafted Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges. Great draft. I'm, I'm, I'm liking the returns thus far. The next year, it was P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, and and, and and the Martins. I'm liking the returns thus far. P.J. has been up and down. Mm-hmm. This past year, it's LaMilla Ball, and the jury's still out on, on the two big men. Look, big men take a little more time to develop. LaMilla Ball, you're already liking the returns on investments. This year, you're back in the lottery. You don't even know where your pick is going to be at. And if it's another top five pick, how can you say we're in a treadmill of mediocrity when essentially we're on a track to basically we, we could have had an all-star this year in, in, in Gordon Hayward if, if, if he had some, some messed up games, whatever, and voting or whatever. And before all the injuries hit, we were a top four seed in the East. Like, you, you, you can't discount that at all. Right. We were a top four seed when the injuries hit. LaMelo was out. Gordon Hayward is out. Uh, Devontae Graham was out. Uh, Miles missed some time. PJ missed some time. Oh, Miles missed some time. Miles missed time. LeBron should be missing, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> and James Borrego fought over all of that to still make the playing game as a 10th seed, even though we had a bad last half of the season. ESPN recently, ranked, recently upped our rankings in the future power rankings because they like the development we've been doing. Who the fuck is Deadspin? <laughs> like, what, 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 what basketball credentials do they have to, to, to specifically write about this? Uh, right. Excuse my language, but they sound like a butthurt LaMelo Ball fan from California who's mad that he didn't get drafted by the Lakers or the Clippers. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, oh it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense at this point. Uh-oh. I wonder if any writers are in the Hornets group. Kaza, can you top that? Man, that's the most contradictory ass article I ever. For I, the article says, essentially says the Hornets have to tank so they can build through the draft. <laughs> what the hell have we been doing? What? What exactly? <laughs> and then it goes on to praise the fact of oh, the Hornets did draft uh, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Lamelo Ball, but then it says. Drafting LaMelo Ball hurt the Hornets because he's so good, he's going to keep them out of the lot. What? What? <laughs> what, are you trying, what are you trying to say, bro? I don't get it. So you're saying, well, the Hornets have to be bad enough to draft someone really good, but they can't draft anyone really good because then they won't be bad enough to draft someone really good. Man, get them. This is what happens in, in our current – state of internet media where anyone can just be a writer. Anyone. People cast just be saying anything and think that because he writes for Deadsman that no one's gonna check him on that. Well you you getting checked bro. So I I don't and this is also what happens when a team like the Hornets that have been out of the national media spotlight for like 30 years suddenly gets thrust back into that spotlight. Everyone suddenly got an opinion piece on the, the Hornets, because he knows that the Mellow Ball's got. Oh, oh, Kaiser, Kaiser, they're not the only ones who have an opinion piece about the Hornets. All yeah, exa- exactly. So he yeah, knows yeah, the Mellow Ball gets clicks. You, in fact, the headline said the headline says 
despite LaMelo Ball, the Hornets are doomed to run the treadmill of mediocrity. You got to throw LaMelo Ball's name in there so the algorithm gets your clicks up. People come click on your little clickbaity ass article. Just, I mean, I, I, it, yeah, I don't. All right, so so here here here's my here's my side question, man. And the 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 very second we we lost that game, you know, versus Indiana, I saw coming, some takes. I, I saw some takes coming from some sources that I hadn't seen ever talk about the Hornets before, man. So I guess my question, man, is <laughs> is it all bad that we're getting this much attention? You know what I mean? Because just like to Kaz's point. It's a lot of people that who, who've become interested in the Hornets for better or for worse. So it's just like let me, it, let me, tell, you let me tell you something. I was in a group the other freaking day, and I, we, were, we were it was like a watch thing. And look, this is my thing: if you do not watch a team, shut your trap. Please shut up. Thank like, you. Shut your trap. Like this guy said, "Oh man, I." He's like. Oh, oh, the Hornets maxed out this year because I um I I, I don't see them getting better next year. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, he, how many games you watch, bro? Listen, listen, listen. He said they don't have any defense and they don't have any creators of offense. I said, first of all, we we, we play with a six seven center, <laughs> and we were still one game away from being eighth in the in, in the Eastern Conference, and we still made the playing game. Second of all. You're saying outside of the middle, we don't have any young prospects. Have, 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 okay, look, I, I took a screenshot for you. Look at Miles Bridges' last month of the season. Come back to me. Right. They don't develop. Terry, Terry Rozier, did you think that he would be this good leaving Boston? No. Nobody did. Nobody, Nobody did. did. Nobody did. Okay, my point is I, I, dare, I, I dare somebody to say that they did. Because it's it's, it's, it's it's just frustrating and maddening. It's 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 also short sighted when you got idiot Hornets fans who react off emotion, and then it's fire everybody. This player sucks. This player sucks. This player sucks. Look, Indiana was the more experienced team. Indiana had the best player in that game, probably the best two three players. Terry Rozier was hurt, which we did not know about. Lamella Ball, he stayed. He never, he never got back the full range of motion in his wrist. So we're already playing from a deficit. Like playoff experience matters. Like we got blitzed and we responded a little better in the second half. But this is just a learning experience. Sometimes you gotta get your ass kicked to get better in the future. Oh and, yeah, those guys—they gonna remember that. The guys when they come out next year, they gonna remember that game. It was just one game, but they're gonna. They're going to never forget the time the Indiana Pacers ran them off the court on national on, TV. on national TV and had everybody talking about them, right? Yeah. Right. It, 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 look, man, look, Frederick, bro, I respect you, but Mark Jackson will probably get never get another game coached in the NBA. You need to look up what happened at Golden State with Mark Jackson and some of the things he believes, which is kind of contrary to the NBA belief system. And he's probably not gonna get another job, unfortunately. Uh, uh, we we got to stop that. I'll say this about Mark Jackson: we didn't really we weren't ecstatic about the Steve Clifford era. Do you want the Steve Clifford era again? Then you hire Mark Jackson, same kind of coach. Uh, these old school defensive minded coaches 
that don't like to shoot a lot of threes, um, don't like to run the court up the pace. I'm not saying that Mark Jackson is a bad coach, but it's like we, we kind of already did that. Uh, and I think one of the, the reasons they wanted James Borrego is because he's young and he's got a newer school coaching philosophy. He likes to give his players the green line. They shoot a lot of threes. They pick the pace up. Um, I think that's that's the thing about Mark Jackson that I think is not that does not make him attractive to Michael Jordan. Look, man, and, and you got to give Steve Kerr credit. He opened up that offense. He started Draymond Green. Spacing was his thing. He's he's look. Think about this. He's a Popovich disciple, a Phil Jackson disciple. And a Lenny Wilkins disciple. He played for Lenny Wilkins when he was in Cleveland. He's had the toolage of three great coaches. He opened up that offense. He's one of the main cogs as to why Golden State was the machine they were when they were. Let's put some respect on Steve Kerr's name. Um, can we put some respect on the coach that we have? Can we put some respect on James Borrego's name? Because the, everybody who wants another damn coach can never give me a legitimate reason why, besides LaMelo Ball don't play 42 minutes a game. Give me another reason why we should have another coach at this stage of the of the rebuild. Um, Hello, Jamal. He, he can't get his rotations right um, when um, he lets his players rest. What are you resting – them guys for when they get hot. I don't understand why that real quick that Hornets fans, that is the most ridiculous complaint that man, such and such got hot and Borrego sat him. The dude, you can't play a whole game. We went with the eight, nine man rotation and like how's a little too. You can't play the full 48. You got to rest sometimes. You Look, have to rest, guys. As to Kaza's point before, LaMelo Ball has probably never played that many games ever in the season. You have to – I don't care that he's 19, 20 years old. You have to factor that in. It's a whole new ball game for him. Like, it's a learning period he has to adjust. But speaking of that, man, I, it's, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm really not trying to sound mean or condescending when I say that. But I think there are fans who don't understand what it is like to play on the on a professional level and how much it takes, how how, how much how, how much of an effect it has on your body to play 48 minutes a game on an NBA level, man. Rotations have to be set. Minutes have to be managed. You cannot manage minutes on emotions and and how hot a player is. You you will burn players out that way. That's why you have to manage minutes, guys. Oh, everyone wonders why Derrick Rose had so many injury issues. I tell my Knicks friends, I'm like, y'all better enjoy these two, three years, because after this. After this, boy, it's, it's all, I'm telling you, they're going to be sick of them. Randall ain't going to have no damn knees. They're going to get sick of them, bro, I swear. Oh, man, oh, man. So, and man, one, look, look, one more thing. One more thing about Borrego. And, and we mentioned when, when he was asked about uh, the centers, and he was basically saying, hey, we've had a problem at center for three years. You try to manage a team and manage minutes with that deficit. <laughs> when, you, when you're going into games at a disadvantage at one position every single game, I, I want anybody who has something to say about Borrego to try to manage that. And please don't come out here and say, oh, we well, should have played uh, rookie Vernon Carey more. Shut up. 
Let me let's let's move on, man. I, I'm, I'm hey, ready. Hey, hey, hold on. He gave Vernon Carey a chance. I'll say this about Borrego. He gives everyone a chance. Um, Vernon Carey had a, a good game, you know, starting. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of things people don't realize. He's he in the scouting report. He wasn't on the scouting report, so the teams didn't even know until tip off Vernon Carey was going to play. He has a he has a, a really good game, a really good offensive game. The Hornets still lost that game, by the way. Uh, so, so, so he has a really good offensive game. And then he says, well, I got to look at Vernon Carey. He starts the next two games and plays terribly. So, so, no, so my question is, hey, man. So my question is, do you want to win games? Do you want to give your team the best chance to win? Or do you want to see your favorite player play? Do you want to see your favorite player make mistakes and lose games? Now, it, I mean, that, that's a valid if, – if that is your thing, because some people do think, well, I'd rather see such and such go out there, make mistakes, and try and develop rather than see the Hornets win because a lot of people feel like the Hornets winning really doesn't, uh, doesn't mean anything. Second, yeah. the Hornets don't – even though before, if you go back episodes of Under Construction, I said the Hornets should draft Vernon Carey, actually. But the thing is, the Hornets need a defensive center. Vernon Carey has a lot of tools offensively. Defensively, he's not getting it done. And it is very hard to learn defense in the NBA. Very, very, very hard, especially as a big man where every other big man is as athletic as, as you, bigger than you. It was, it's very hard. The reason Vernon Carey got yanked out of those games that he that he started the next two is because he was getting roasted on the other end. They were attacking him. Yes, and they were going right at him. Right? Why? Because they looked at the other team looked at the scouting report and was like, Vernon Carey, really? Vernon yeah. Carey, really? They went right at him. Refs called foul after foul after foul because Vernon Carey had not learned in uh, how to. Defend without fouling, and as and as our friend Danny Thompson will probably tell you right here, the Hornets, like most teams in the NBA, didn't get to practice as much as they normally do. They had to watch film. It's very difficult for the players like Vern Carey to develop physical traits like playing defense just by watching film. So you know, there's a lot of things that Hornets fans don't realize when it comes to to Vernon Carey. And, 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 and then also, if you look at it, man, at the beginning of the year, the draft was in, what was the draft in uh, September, October, September? Yeah. Hey, are we bringing Danny on? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Danny having sound issues right now. I got you. And so, and so they, they literally got drafted. And then the next month, it was a condensed preseason, a condensed training camp. And like Danny said, there, there was no, like, like me and Danny talked about there was no time to practice all year. So they did not get those reps. You had a condensed um, G League season down down in Orlando, which is only like 10 games. And so they didn't have time for to adjust. Danny, you want to add to that? Danny? Danny? Well, Danny's not going to add to anything. Danny's on 28 dial up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, trust me. I, I would have liked personally. I, I would have liked to see Nick Richards get more playing because I feel like he's more of what we need. He's more of what we need. 
natural right. seven natural seven footer rebound shot blocker. We don't we don't really need a, a offensive center. We just need a guy who can catch a damn pass under the basket and and dunk every so often. But I, I really think that Nick Richards is more of what uh, the Hornets need. And I know that there's a sentiment. Well, they can't possibly be any worse than Biz or Cody, but yeah, actually they can. Actually they can. Yes, yeah, they can, guys. I, I really I hard to believe. Y'all know me. I hate to defend Biz Mac Biombo. I really, really do. But, <laughs> but not when it makes sense, though. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Biz got the minutes. Uh, let, let me let me let me speak to Biz real quick. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to say this for the 25th time, and I hope somebody understands me when I say it for the 26th time. There's a difference between being more talented and being a better pro. Everybody's more talented than Bismack Biombo. I'm more talented than Bismack Biombo. Okay, everybody's more talented. Okay, Bismack gets minutes. Shut up, Rodney. Bismack he gets minutes because he knows how to play defense in the NBA. For anybody who really watches, you'll notice that Biz is kind of the quarterback of his defense. He is directing guys on where to go, who to cover, who to switch, all this stuff. He kind of overachieves for his size defensively. He's only six eight. Oh, if Biz was seven foot, we we wouldn't be talking about yeah. him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Biz kind of overachieves for his size. He still defends the post better than any def- any any big that we have. Offensively, we, I have no defense for him. I don't offer any defense for him, whatever, okay? But he is on the floor because he is still the best defensive option that we have. It is that simple. It's that simple, guys. Okay, guys, look, we're gonna, look I, I'm depressed. We're talking about Biz. Um, yeah, right. Three for ten. Uh, that's how I end the season for me. Three yes, three, yes, yes, <laughs> right. Got his ass yanked out the playoff game and playing game. And, and look, and look, this is all for not because we won't see him again next season. So everybody can move on from this time. I think if they bring Biz back, it'll be pitchforks at the arena. I'm riding. Yeah, we going. We going. Uh, we'll be in front of the arena. We starting fighting. We start. We start we, I'll call up Kwame Brown. Be like, look, man, <laughs> we need your help. Quality. So your mom was cooking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, so Jamal, Jamal, I, I want you to talk about the next topic, man. This, this is, this is what you brought up. All right, man. Being that I am a longtime resident of West Side Charlotte, Babies for the Road, to be exact, this was a topic that was near and dear to my heart. Uh, we have a developer. His name is Christopher Dennis. He works for. E-Fix Development Corporation, and he has some big plans for the west side of Charlotte. He has uh, two or three phases uh, that, that he has plans for. Um, some some of those plans are very early development. Uh, one of the sites is the old McDonald's cafeteria that tends to change businesses every week. I don't even know what it is at this point. But everyone, everyone who is an OG west side Charlotte resident uh, knows that this that we have been starving for some real development. We do not want a Popeye's chicken on Bedford Road. I kind of do, but you get no, the point. I, 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 I kind of do, but you get the point, though. Hey, don't <laughs> call of us, Jamal. But the reality is, man, we, we are starving for something uh, uh, different on the West Side, man. And he, and he tends to have some big plans. Uh, one of the captions for this article, uh, w- which w- which is in uh, QC uh, Metro, uh, excuse me, 
uh, City Metro, by the way. Um, it is called Christopher Dennis Wants to Change the Narrative of Ford Road and LaSalle. Now, we do have residents who have a concern about the gentrification and who this is actually being developed for. So, Charlotte, guys, what do you think about the whole idea of redevelopment of Ford Road? Man, look, man, I, I actually drove down for the first time in forever down by Johnson C. Smith. And it's just so strange seeing that streetcar line kind of riding down that way. And then I and then and then you, I'm gonna you tell you what's stranger. I'm you know what that chicken is? That no, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you what's really strange. There's a three million dollar house behind Johnson C. Smith. Two of yep. them actually. Yeah. Go ahead, and, sir. And, and then and then you know that church is this. You make that left down that street. Right. To go toward Brookshire. It, it's look, man. Fifteen years ago, when it got dark outside. You don't be over there. You no. don't. You won't catch me over there. Mm-mm. And now, man, it's 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 so many teardowns and rebuilds. Um, it it just kind of hurts my heart that for this area to get redevelopment like this, new people had to come to the area. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like there, there, there's now a jet pizza right there, a, a Rita's, Rita's ice cream, Rita's ice cream, and it's just like. The people that were here before wanted all these type of amenities before, but were they not worthy enough for you to give that to them then? But see, that, then, that goes back to my Popeye's chicken joke. Like, y'all know where I was going with that. I'm, yeah. And that's speaking to your point, right? You get what I'm saying? Like, like, why do we always have to have the stereotypical stuff when the black people were on the West Side? But now we're getting all these different businesses. But go ahead and finish. I mean to cut you off, though. And, and I, I looked in the article, like, he was like, Look, I, I I applaud the brother for for trying to do trying to do good, but he was like, "Why is there uh electric cars, electric car charging stations in uh South, Park. In South Boulevard and South Park?" I'm like, "Because we, we don't, don't own electric cars, bro. <laughs> we don't own Teslas, bro. It don't work like that. Like, I mean, I, I I I get I get that point, but I mean, this area has needed to be revitalized, and what I would like to see, honestly." Is people from the community or people people of color just get first preferences over these businesses that's going to be here? So yeah. somebody wants to start a clothing store, you start a clothing store. So uh, somebody owns a, 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 a person of color owns a state farm. Let them have their state farm right there so they can sell to their people. Like, yeah. I, it, it, in order to protect the area, you have to have people that are from the area reinvest into it. Absolutely. No doubt. It's it's as simple as that. If you don't want your neighborhood to get gentrified under what we consider to be the negative definition of gentrification, then you have to reinvest in it yourself. Uh, You have to make the property value high enough to where developers cannot come in and make a profit off of your neighborhood. Uh, But but to be fair, there's also uh, the issue of it's going back to the issue of targeting a demographic. You got to make money off of these these ventures, else you just develop an area and then it goes under, and then it, and now it's worse than what it was before. Like you can't stick a brewery on Beatty's Ford Road and think it's going to be successful, right? <laughs> Unless you have different people living on Beatty's Ford Road who will support wait, the brewery. Wait, 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 I got some ideas. For her brewery now. 
Okay, well, we can talk about this off camera. We can talk about that. Yeah, that camera. would be dope. A hood brewery. I mean, you can market that and make some hey, money. Man, look, look, you look, look, look. We got uh, AB forty forty on tap. A we trap. Got, uh, a trap brewery. Go <laughs> 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 on, man. Go. I mean, I, I um, any when, anytime you talk about redevelopment in a predominantly black community it, that has to be handled with some delicacy. It, it, re, it really, really does. Um, I, but I really hope actually that they're able to make the West side more. I remember when Obama came years and years ago, you know, the, the airports in West Charlotte, yep. they made a route to avoid having to drive Obama through the West side of town to get to where he was going because let, let, let's let's not drive this black ass president through the black side right. of yeah yeah let's oh, not yeah. take him through the black area of town. <laughs> i was kind of concerned about our image yeah <laughs> it was embarrassing because now the whole world believes that west charlotte is just like this undesirable place uh <laughs> to be it was it was it was, it was just kind of kind of embarrassing so when i when i look at and i you know, I live. Me and Rodney, technically, we live in what in West Charlotte, a little past it. But um, you know, we drive through. You drive down Roswell Ferry or Hoskins. Sometimes I, I cut through to get down downtown. I don't think those areas will ever be more than than what they are, unfortunately. But it all starts with areas like Beatty's Ford Road. I mean, that's essentially the central hub of West Charlotte. You start there. Everything else. You know, kind of spreads out, um, and I'm not saying that this area needs to be the next Ballantyne or even South Bend. I hope, actually, I hope not. But um, I think you you can do a lot to to increase the uh, quality of living for the residents there, in in which in turn uh, reduces crime uh, in the area because people have more opportunities. Yeah, and, and speaking, to, I'm glad you said that. Perfect segue. Because what I was what I was most worried about. Now we all can agree to to really improve a community in the neighborhood. You got to put some positive stuff in that community in the neighborhood. But it goes back to the question, man: Who is it really being built for? Now, all the brown people and all the existing people who already live here are they going to reap the benefits? You know, from this development, are they going to have those jobs and opportunities that this redevelopment is going to uh, uh, present itself to? Now. For me personally, man, I, I'm i tired of having to travel so far to go get a smoothie. Sometimes I don't want to go downtown to get coffee. Um, you don't have to travel far to get a smoothie. We go to hip hop smoothies. I'm, I'm going to mute. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but, but you guys get what I'm saying, man. It's just yeah. like, all you, you can't, you can't paint everyone with the same paintbrush as far as who is already in this community man so i definitely welcome the change i welcome the development but uh, but again man i'm just more concerned about who is going to reap the benefits from these opportunities and i want the people who already live here to reap those benefits you know aside from having higher taxes you know what i'm saying so we'll see how it goes man we shall see we shall see um Shout outs, man. Anybody got any shout outs? I want to shout at everyone who has turned into a damn journalist since the Hornets have lost their <laughs> playing game. 
Um, I want to shout out everyone who is a damn basketball expert all of a sudden. I want to shout at uh, all the new members of the Charlotte Hornets uh, Facebook page since we lost. Um, I want to shout out the Carolina Hurricanes because, damn it, we have nothing else to root for around here at this point. Um, I want to continuously shout out the people who show up in our chat group all the time, whether we agree or disagree. Frederick, good shout out. Swagner, man, we always love your support. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, everybody who's in there today, man. Uh, Sarai, longtime supporter, man. So shout y'all out as always, man. Um, I think that's all I got this week, man. Kaiser. I'm going to shout at the NBA. Why isn't LeBron James suspended for 10 to 14 games? So you know we, all know, we all know the answer why, but it's, it's man, that's, that is a bad, bad look. Now, some people, I've heard people say that Miles Bridges actually had COVID, and the reason he was suspended for the amount of time he was because he couldn't produce two negative what? tests, but no one knows that for sure. That's, that's just speculation. The fact of the matter is that LeBron James violated COVID protocols. And from what we've seen historically this season from people who violate the protocols, they typically miss 10 to 14 days. LeBron is not missing any to me. That's kind of ridiculous. Also shout at to LeBron. Do you know how many professional athletes get poked in the eye? <laughs> don't act like a sniper headshot. Uh, them. Wait, 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 wait. He picked the right rim out of three. Give him credit. <laughs> hey, great shot to end the game. Big, big, I mean, great players hit great shots. I mean, that's all you can say about that. But come on, man. Come on, man. I the mean, Oscar goes too. <laughs> getting poked in the eye sucks. It really does suck. And it hurts. But come on, man. You 6'9, 260, bro. Hey, hey, hey shout, shout out to Rodney. He is Negro Domus. He he picked the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies to beat the Golden State Warriors, man. Shout out to Rodney for picking that correctly. I'm uh, look, I'm on that jaw train. Uh I, I've I've been on that jaw train for about two years now. Uh people, when you look at players, stats are important, but what does the eye test show you? Right, that dude is a leader. His team follows him, and uh, he's for South Carolina, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I got a hot take. I got, a, I got a real quick hot take. What's up? Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to put the heat on the Charlotte Hornets as far as as far as next year and, and us making the playoffs. That's my hot take for the day. Go ahead. You know what? I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna take a hot take offline because I don't want to start nothing. In, I got you in the comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, also shout at, I'm gonna shout at the playing tourney. I still think it was. I still think it's a bad idea. Uh, the NBA is trying to tout it like it's a success. Look, man, look, look, look. Steph Curry has been taking unnecessary heat, saying that he can't lead his team to the playoffs. That's that's if, 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 if this if this was the regular year, with the regular would have been they'd have been eighth seed. Yeah, absolutely. Stop it. And and the Lakers are clearly more talented than them. Than them. Yeah. It took a LeBron prayer for for them to beat the 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 Golden State Warriors. And real real quick, and 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 real quick, man, 
I hate that Steph is getting the smoke when I, when Andrew Wiggins is the one that deserves the smoke. He's the most frustrating player in the NBA to watch, man. I'm sorry, dude. It's it's like he has all the tools, but it just never comes together. You you said you said it perfectly, but go ahead, bro. The the NBA's their issue has always been, and this is why they will not leapfrog the NFL in terms of popularity. Parity. We talk about it all the time. The the NBA has no parity. The, the teams are very, very top-heavy, and you know that you could be a really, really good 6 but you're not going to win the championship. Uh, and the teams that are below that just have no chance. This was kind of the way of the NBA injecting a little bit of parity because now no matter yeah, no how doubt. bad your team is, well, you still got, you got a chance. chance. Right. You know, and, and I think I think the play attorney is going to stick around because that's going to help the NBA achieve this false sense of parity. But like, but like Rodney said, uh, it, it kind of undermines the fact that the NBA playoffs, the best team always wins the championship every year. The best team, I feel like, every year has yeah. always won the championship. Unlike a- except the Miami Heat with LeBron and. But I mean, any, I, I'm good with any of those teams winning the championship because they were so good. Uh, whereas, although the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, I mean, shout out to them for winning that game. But the fact remains is that they're going to get butt whooped. Well, yeah, they're going to get trounced in the first round. But the Golden State Warriors were, were the AC. They deserve to be in the first round of the playoffs. Speaking um, of AC, speaking of AC guys, I want to spread some sunshine. There, 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 there's a bright side for the Hornets not making the the quote unquote real playoffs. We don't have to get swept by the Philadelphia 76ers. We will leave oh, that. Yeah, up to yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you there. Like I, I, I thought about that today. I'm like, oh man, Philly plays uh the Wizards. I'm like. The Wizards Half are probably better suited to play them than us. Half on Wizards. <laughs> but, uh, man, look. And, then, and then everyone would be like, all these people that said that people owe Russell Westbrook an apology. What they going to say, what they gonna say when, when it's 4-0 Philly? Who <laughs> <laughs> apologizes then? Ain't nobody apologizes. Go, don't go there, man. But, uh, look, man, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, to Jamal, man. He, he, uh, he, he, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get the OG on Clubhouse. He's been in, in some of these rooms. I see you, man. I see you. Um, and then, no uh, comment. huh? No comment. <laughs> and then, and then I'm gonna try to. Uh, if anybody's on Clubhouse, man, look, we we just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna try to do this once a week, just like we just chat about the Hornets, man. And Danny, uh, yeah. Danny said he'll he'll join. And shout yeah, out no to Danny doubt. for trying to join. Um, his man, phone next week. Next he, week, let's get him on next week. He, he got he got that twenty eight three mobile. Uh, Blue's mobile phone. Uh, so he'll be on next week, guys. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we appreciate y'all and uh, have a good Sunday. Peace out, y'all. Next week.